All right, all right. It looks like we're about live. It looks like we're live. Okay. <laughs> this is this is probably a little bit more complicated than you would think because I've got so I want to take and record these things and put them on multiple platforms, but in expediency of time, I'm trying to find efficient ways to do it. And so what I got is I've got a couple couple cameras and phones. I got all kinds of things going up at the same time, trying to do this super efficient. Anyway, so boom, excited to be here. Hey, so today I've got a pretty interesting story for you. Um, this is part of our Rags the Riches transformation journey. And uh, so one of the things that I discovered is you probably got some sort of noose around your neck that's holding you back economically and you didn't even know what it was. And I tell you what, when I when I finally took uh, made this transition to Utah, um, that's kind of when I took and I discovered it. And I was going to share with you a little bit of the backstory so you can see how that happened. So as you guys know, I was down in, uh, in Arizona, a company called Raytheon Missile Systems. It was awesome. We were making all kinds of cool missiles. Worked at, you guys, did you ever watch the movie uh, Aviator with Howard Hughes? Um, it talks about all of his airplanes and all the different cool things he was doing on the airplane. And like, that's really cool. But one of the things that they, they forgot to mention or they intentionally didn't mention is that Howard Hughes was big time into missiles. So when I worked down there at Raytheon, Howard Hughes, he had to, to create the perfect place to build missiles. He wanted a place with no humidity, super dry. He wanted it 400 miles away from the ocean so that they could detect incoming like uh, bad guys that were going to come and blow us up. And so he went right down in Tucson, Arizona, is where he built this building. And this is where I took and I worked. And when he took and he built this thing, he wanted to make sure this thing was like structurally sound and all kinds of crazy stuff. And he built this thing so strong that it could withstand six feet of snow. And what's funny is in 13, 12, 13 years in Arizona, I saw snow twice and it lasted for about an hour. Then it was gone and melted. And so he built this crazy building, but it, it's cool. They talked about in the aviator, they talked about his airplane business. But when he comes to the missile side of the business, he had a ridiculous business that was awesome. And I actually sat in the very building that he took and he built down there. And when he built this building, I mean, it was phenomenal. In this, like the city of Tucson, they saw what Howard Hughes had done. They're like, wow, look at all that money. Look at all that cheddar that guy's bringing in. And they're like, we are going to annex it, suck it into the city so we can start siphoning all this cash off it. And Howard Hughes, he was just like bent. He's like, he, like the city thought that they had won one on him. And so what the guy did is he he cut a deal with the Air Force where he would sell them the facility for $1. And that location then became a government facility. And the city of Tucson was not able to annex it, so to speak, and take it over and siphon all the stuff off. So in the end, Howard Hughes outsmarted all the guys that were trying to attack him and come after him with all their great ideas to make money anyway so that's where I was at and uh so Arizona I had when I was there I had this like I felt like I had this safety net because I'd mentioned in my in the previous episodes that I was there and like the recession would come and go I didn't even notice it like I know People noticed there was a recession, but when I was there at this particular facility working in the defense contract, I didn't notice it. And what was really weird, here's what was really strange, 
is when I was down there, I was always trying to find a way to get ahead. So I was doing real estate, had real estate investments, a creative partnership, and I was making money doing that. Um, I started when, when the market crashed in like 2009, I decided to get into stocks and started figuring out investing and stuff. And that was, that was a lot of fun to do it. And, um, the, the thing that I kind of discovered, one of the big, big things that I took that I discovered is when I was, I was, I was pursuing the, the, this, the dream of the rags, the riches transformation. I was in hot pursuit of it, hence why I was doing stocks and I was doing, uh, um, real estate type stuff. And so, and it was really good. You know, the market was really, really down and you already know that you buy low, sell high, right? Well, if, if 2009 wasn't low, then when is low? And, uh, like right now, if now's not high, when is high? Um, like where I'm at, real estate's gone crazy. All kinds of things are going on. And I found it very interesting, but in spite of all that, and I learned a lot of neat things that was interesting. One of the big things I discovered is is when I took and I moved up here back to Utah, one of my friends that I ended up meeting, uh, meeting, he happened to live down in Tucson, Arizona at the same time I did. And he was a very capable guy, really cool. And he took and he made his transition. He moved to Utah and he lives oh, about block, two blocks away from me. And what I discovered is, is that this guy's got his contract where he, he, when he left, he was able to get a contract from Raytheon as a contractor. And what was interesting about this is the contract he has with Raytheon pays him about four to five times as much as he would have made if he would have remained as an employee. So here I am in my safety net, in my bubble in Tucson, Arizona, operating as an employee because I want to be safe and I want to be secure. I want to take care of my family and stuff. And then I got this pie in the sky. I got this dream of this rags to riches transformation, this, this location, which I'm going to. And then when I take and I moved to Utah and I discover a guy that used to work with me there, um, he was making by quitting and moving here. He actually makes about four to five times as much money as he would have had he remained there. And that's, that's one of the things that I kind of discovered is by putting himself in a different position, he picked, basically he picked a different vehicle. And what he did is he learned how to uh, position himself, present himself and sell himself. Um, I knew, I knew about this arrangement when I was down there. And, and so I started trying to figure out and peel back the onion and stuff. And that's when I discovered, it's like, it, there's, there's this, entirely new world of opportunities once you take and you discover that there was this one secret that kind of changed them all and i don't know if you picked up on this little secret and stuff yet but it, it started becoming a little clearer when i when i moved up here now i'd mentioned that my skills in arizona they were very tailored towards being able to do defense contracting type work so when i took and i moved to utah like I really, really didn't know what to do. I was, I was scared. I was, it was a bit terrifying. And I, I literally, I was just, I was, I was vexed. I would sit on the floor. I was concerned. I was worried. And I literally had no idea how to solve my problem. But here's the strange thing that happened is every year that I've been in Utah, I've actually made more money here than I had made 
when I had my eye higher in, or I had my safety net security when I was living down in Arizona. And to me, that is like kind of strange and crazy because I look at my stuff and I look at my financials and I use QuickBooks and stuff. And I'm like, there's something weird happening where my income is actually more every year than it was when I was down there. And what I discovered is, is when I started looking back, I started looking at what happened between Arizona and here. And the big thing that between these two places is my, my safety net got ripped off. And then instead of being able to be kind of like a lion in a zoo, right? And you got this lion and every day they come, they walk out and they throw out this piece of meat, piece of slab, put it down for him and the lion eats it, right? And he's happy. He's comfortable because he never had to figure out how to go hunt. They just take and they bring it to him. And I had my safety net and they brought me the stuff and the opportunities and I worked and I was diligent. Um, and it was awesome with one exception. I for, you kind of forget how to be a lion and how to hunt. And as soon as I got pulled out of that environment and I came up here, I no longer had that safety net, which meant I actually was forced to discover how to start hunting and how to start digging in and how to start discovering things. And the thing that I learned about hunting, like hunting probably is not a whole lot different than sales. I figured out how to be able to contact people, how to reach people, how to start creating interests and desires and motivations inside people. And as I became better and better at that, it appears that my income has gone up and up and up and up and up. And I started discovering these things. And so like one of the things that I had mentioned is like I had these like if you're going to do a rags to riches transformation, you probably have some goals like I want to do something really cool. I want to make. Like a lot, a lot of people have the number of 1 million a year. Okay. I, my goal is like, I'll have to start with one because you got to start somewhere. But my goal is not one. My goal is actually to hit 10 million a year um, because I, I, I want a big, hairy, audacious goal. And the trick is with these goals is they have to be big enough that you're not qualified today to reach it. That's the point, right? If I was qualified to reach it, then it would, wouldn't be much of a goal. It has to be something that's so far out there that you can reach it. But, but it's achievable. And what I discovered is, is like the people that seem to figure out how to get ahead in life are the ones that have figured out how to present themselves and how to sell themselves and then how to, how to take into influence decisions and buying behavior. And like when I was out knocking doors, selling solar, that's exactly what I was doing. And I had to do it. I wasn't like awesome because my skills in this, this, this arena are growing, but I became better at it and I became better at it and I became better at it. So that before long, I think my best month, uh, selling solar, um, when I was doing uh, about over a year ago, made about 20 grand in one month. And I'm like, nice. Like I knew people made, they could start making real money, but I know that, 20 grand a month is probably a drop in the bucket. Oops. Can't drop my paper. Um, I knew that 20, 20 grand in a month is a drop in the bucket compared to what some people make. And so then my question is, is how do I, how do I take and, and make this transition to get it? And like when I started studying like stocks and real estate and stuff, I, I discovered that I could do it. But what was really helpful when I started doing that is like when the market's really low, like you could almost buy any sets of stocks, not any, but you can buy stocks at ultra cheap prices 
and then hold them and then be able to take them to sell it and then to be able to pull out all your, all your pull out your returns. Like most people aren't sophisticated enough to invest like Warren Buffett. In fact, even Warren Buffett is not spending a great deal of money right now. He's saving it, waiting for the world to fall apart. It's what I kind of discovered in real estate is like I had the safety net of my of working at Raytheon. Therefore, I didn't focus all my attention into figuring out how to do real estate. Um, and as a result, I was I was making money, but it was slow. And and so what I became fixated on when I moved to Utah is finding a vehicle or the vehicles that what I've discovered is, is has to have exponential growth. And what I discovered is the money is discovering how to sell. Like you got Warren Buffett, like Warren Buffett may be acquiring businesses, but in the beginning, he had to learn how to present himself. He had to show results and then he had to get people willing to give him money. And so Warren Buffett did sell himself and he sold himself very successfully. And that's how he got a lot of seed money that he did very well. Bill Gates did this did the same thing. He, he basically had to figure out how to sell himself and he did it very, very adroitly. And so when you got Warren Buffett here, okay, and Bill Gates, two guys I really like, they, when they were both asked the question, what would you attribute? Give me a word. Just give me a word. What would you attribute your success to that allowed you to be super successful? And two guys were not by each other when they said this and they both said, focus. And when they were talking to each other, they were both kind of surprised, like they said, both of them said focus. And so I've got an acronym for you to help you understand or appreciate what focus means. And this is, see if this is not accurate, focus. It says, follow one course until successful. Did, did Bill Gates not pursue his passion of the internet with like ferocity that brought him to success? Like, you know, he did, right? He, he, he pursued that thing just with, with, a, with a fierce passion. If you look at uh, Warren Buffett, he did the exact same. He pursued figuring out how to invest with a passion. But there was a joke that, like, Warren, you know who those, pe- those kids are over there? Yeah, those are your kids. Because he p- pursued it in such, such a fashion that he almost didn't, his kids, he almost didn't even recognize it. Um, you can pull that out of the, the book called The Snowball, where it talks all about uh, – Warren Buffett. It's very, very interesting. So they both ended up discovering that focus, focus, focus. So it says follow one course uh, until successful. And so the thing that I've kind of put together and I've discovered is like, if you want to do really well, you've got to find, you got to focus on something, but you've got to also, but you also got to, in addition to that, you've got to be able to you got to find something that's scalable and you got to learn how to take and sell and present yourself. And so when I, when I came, when I came here to Utah, I started, I started trying to figure out ways to solve my problem. I was out selling solar and stuff, but I'm not going to knock doors the rest of my life. That was, that was a little bit, it was good and it was good learning, but I, it's not something that I want to do the rest of my life. And so I started figuring out how to, my, 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 my question has always been kind of like Jeff Bezos said, he saw the internet and he saw an exponential growth, not growth like like none other he'd been able to see, is I wanted to figure out how to tap into that, but I didn't know how. And that's when I come across Jeff Walker's book. And that's called The Product Launch Formula. And in there, he started being able to break down and to explain how a person can start taking, creating, and launching an internet-based business. And that that was like that was like 
I had this aha moment because he says that basically to grow a business, he says, think of it like Hollywood. Hollywood, what they'll do is they've got this upcoming movie and the Marvel's got this upcoming movie and they'll try to create a ton of buzz about it. They're going to start talking about it. They're going to create trailers. They're going to put all of these hooks out there that you and I are going to see and we're going to go, wow, that's super attractive. Yep. I want to, I'm interested in, and they're going to create all this anticipation. And then when they finally launch the the product or launch the movie, all of a sudden there's lines out the door and people have been waiting for a week to be able to take and to watch this movie. And that's what they did. They created anticipation. Hollywood is actually all about events, figuring out how to create an event. What's the new event I can create here? What's the new event I can create over there? What's the new thing that's going to be able to get people's attention where they're going to go like, yeah, I want to watch that. And that's what I discovered. That's what Jeff Walker's product launch formula is, is being able to create these events. And so then I'm like, okay, cool. Now I've got that. And that's when you saw that I'd mentioned I started digging into Ty Lopez. And I started trying to figure out, like, I got this video on there where I accepted Ty Lopez's Rags to Rich, Riches Challenge. I had a Rags to Riches Transformation. Is I am documenting the journey from here to here so that you can see it. It's To me, it's always easier. To me, I would prefer to be able to see this transition take place because then it's something that's like believable rather than some guru who is already super rich. And he's like, yeah, let me explain all about it. Because then I'm like, well, I, I mean, like, I hope I can believe your story, but I'm not positive. And I think that you probably have a voice like this where you, you're trying to figure out how to make your transformation and you're trying to find the right vehicle to get into. And so I'm taking and documenting my journey and the story so that you can see how this transition plays out. And then the, I've spent thousands of dollars already being able to buy training and coaching and all kinds of stuff to be able to package this opportunity so that as Jeff Walker would describe, he's like, there's no such thing as hope marketing. Hope marketing is kind of like death. He said, you have to have an engineer process and strategy and system to be able to take and in, in, in to launch. Hence, why I've been willing to spend thousands of dollars to be able to figure out how to take and to do this. Ty Lopez says that the more he, he invests in his education, the more he learns, the more he earns, which is exactly what I'm, what I'm pursuing doing. You look at Tony Robbins, super, super successful, probably has a net worth. I mean, I'd saw it was like 450 million bucks. It's, it's significant. He's got, he probably owns an island. He owns some big, big piece of real estate in Fiji. And, but his success was being able to model success. He liked, he said, okay, his analogy is, is he's like, can you make a cake? Like anybody, like if you're on this podcast, think about it. If you're here, could you make a cake? If you're, if your answer, like, is your head nodding up and down? Like, if you can't make a cake, can your wife make a cake? And if your wife can make a cake, then all right, so we got the cake. Can My question is, is can one intelligent person take another intelligent person and teach them how to make a cake? I think the obvious answer is yes, of course it is. And so that's that's really what it was, and that's exactly what what um, Tony Robbins did. His, he said he's, he took a recipe. This is how you make a cake to do, in the beginning, he did neuro-linguistic program. This is the cake to do neuro-linguistic program. He took and he learned the pattern because success always has patterns. 
He learned the pattern and he learned the path. And then when he learned the pattern and the path, he took and he took and implemented it. Hence, what I'm doing isn't isn't going to be some crazy science. All I'm going to literally do is implement what I've studied, what I've learned, and to make that possible. One of my devices just turned off. Hopefully, it's not too, too off. Um, so, I'm just following a recipe to make a cake. So, anyway, um, that's exactly what it is. And hopefully, this makes you feel good because when I discovered this also, it made me feel really good. There's there's a guy, have you guys recognized Napoleon Hill? Napoleon Hill, in case you don't know his backstory, is this guy was, he was a very gifted and actually when he was a kid, he was a total punk. He was a hoodlum. He was running around with a gun and a, and a call a six shooter or pea shooter or something. And he was, he was kind of a pain. And his mom said, you know what? He says, you're, you're not really a pain. He says, you're just super active and you've got to figure out how to channel your skills into a vehicle that's constructive instead of destructive. So got rid of the gun, gave him a typewriter. He became a very talented copywriter. And then one day, Andrew Carnegie said to him, and that's the richest man in America at the time, actually in the world, he was a still titan and a still guru. And he had Andrew Car or he had Napoleon Hill come to his office and he said, what I want you to do is to go out there. I'm going to introduce you to Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, and he started naming them off, the most brilliant men of the day. And he said, here's what you're going to do. Interview them, figure out the formula for success, document it, and then give, give the world this massive, massive uh, benefit. And so what he did is he had spent the next 20 years of his life going through and interviewing, document, interviewing, documenting. And what he came back with is there's 16, that's 10 fingers, but 16 things that all successful people had. And the best part of it all is not one of them was born with a single one of these 16 things. And which means that what made these men successful is a learnable skill, which is part of this rags to riches transformation challenge is the, the method, the path, the solution to get from here to there already exists. We don't have to be creative. We don't have to be a genius. We don't have to be an expert. Like I could, I have a lawn out there and I know how to cut the grass. I hop on the mower, I mow it, right? And it's predictable. I know how to cut the grass every week. Um, like people know how to make paper. There's a process to make paper. There's a process to make cake. There's a process to make a motorcycle. There's a process to make a car. There's a process to make a truck. Think about it. Everything in your life that was created was created through a process. Now, people like to safeguard and protect their processes. And as a result, sometimes these nuggets of what they spent 40 years discovering take forever to come out. And so what you got to do is you've got to become an expert detective to discover the processes in which people use to be able to reach the success. I have spent the time, and in this rags to riches transformation, I am going to share this with you. Like, I probably, I don't know how much money I'm going to save you, but I'm going to save you a massive amount of time, and I'm going to save you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that I've already invested working on discovering this. So, anyway, you can go to rags to riches transformation. No, no, no. Rags to riches transition.com. So that's rags 
to richestransition.com. Um, opt into that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this content and the stuff and the training, all this cool stuff that I've got, and I'm going to make it available. Now, today is, let me see, today is the 18th. So I'm going to take and to make this stuff start being available on March 25th, 2019. So March 25th, 2019 is when I'm going to start putting this content inside that site, which you will then have access to. I'll actually shoot live videos and stuff, being able to go through and answer these questions and to be able to help you guys get there quicker. Because I know that when I was working on discovering this stuff, it was a lot of work. And we're just going to cut that time in half for you guys. Anyway, and I will show you what I'm working on so you can see how I'm doing it. You can see what, why I'm doing it, what I'm doing, whatnot. Anyway, so that is that. That is it for this episode. And anyway, we will talk soon and we will make this transformation. All right. Thank you, guys. Okay. Almost done. Stop.